0: Welcome to Damn Good Movie Memories, with your host, Ryan Davis. This podcast is the cure for your long commute and super boring workday.
1: Acknowledge, please. Acknowledge, please. Where are you? It's okay, Jack. It's not okay. I got a small plane here. I don't know where it is. Jack, a fly landed on your screen. Look, Jack, you've been landing planes for 13 years. Face it, you're burned out. You need this rest. So, Jack Chester's taking that lead. Oh, this is great. Renting a beach house. 415, this is it. And getting the family
2: ready for the best month of their lives.
1: Oh, 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 oh. oh, oh. oh. Can I milk, please? Yeah, thank you.
2: Quiet and
1: secluded. Come on, get out of here. With outstanding facilities. Come all right, all right. <laughs> ...perfectly situated... <laughs> ...in a friendly neighborhood.
2: What do you think of these? Similar? I just got them.
1: Who had them before you? <laughs> John Candy's gonna discover what a month in paradise... What? Open the door! ...is all about summer rental.
2: Oh,
1: please! Oh, Make
0: it better. Hey there, it's Brian Davis, and for this week's movie, we're going to cover Summer Rental from 1985. The studio was Paramount Pictures, the release date was August 9th, 1985. The running time, 87 minutes, with the rating of PG. Couldn't find the budget, but the box office took in $24.6 million, making it the 36th ranked movie of 1985. Rotten Tomatoes gave it 19% rotten from 16 reviews. Roger Ebert didn't bother to do a review, but we got a review from Janet Maslin from the New York Times, who wrote a review at the time. And here's a review. Summer Rental is a wan but good-natured hot-weather comedy with a big debt to National Lampoon's vacation plus a few nice touches of its own. John Candy is on familiar territory as the clownish patriarch of an all-American suburban family, but Mr. Candy is fun to watch under any circumstances. Summer Rental, which was directed by Carl Reiner, starts out by showing Candy under extreme duress, living the kind of workday life that is terribly stressful. It then sends him on the kind of vacation that's even more so. As an air traffic controller named Jack Chester, Mr. Candy is advised he is in need of a rest when he tries to identify a fly on his computer screen as a low-flying plane. So he packs up his wife, his dog, and children and heads to Florida, where the family moves into what looks like a perfect beach house. It's not, but it wouldn't be fair to reveal what happens. Let's just say that the family's predicament is a lot like of the three bears. In any case, things take a number of bad turns, and Mr. Candy gets funnier as the situation grows increasingly dire. But the screenplay by Jeremy Stevens and Mark Reisman is largely uneventful, and it insists on winding up with a protracted sailing regatta, which is not a great thrill to watch on screen. The film doesn't even have an ending. Even after the regatta is won, it simply stops. Mr. Candy's big, blustery presence is the only thing really holding it together. Fortunately, the film also has Rip Torn and Richard Crenna in supporting roles, Mr. Crenna repeating something like his character in The Flamingo Kid, and Mr. Torn as much of a scene-stealer as ever. This time, Mr. Torn speaks in a measured drawl and wears a bandana on his head as a restaurateur who operates his establishment in a true pirate tradition. Mr. Torn doesn't have much to do here, but he makes every moment count. And that's the end of her review. So in the 80s, there wasn't a more lovable comedic actor than John Candy, and, and sadly, he died far too young, and fans just missed out on future films he would have made. And I definitely saw this movie as a video rental, no pun intended. And while it wasn't going to win any awards, or even be considered as one of the top comedies ever made, it was a family-friendly movie that adults and kids alike could enjoy. And as Janet Maslin stated in a review, the plot is sort of thin and somewhat random at times, but because of John Candy, I don't think anyone minded. And I hate saying, you know, it was of a simpler time, but... When it came to watching movies and on on TV and video rental, you didn't have as many options as you do today with streaming. So a movie like Summer Rental would be available, and you just enjoyed it for what it was instead of going through thousands of options like you have now. All right, let's get into the main cast, and essentially it's one person here. It's John Candy playing Jack Chester. I kind of covered John Candy's career up to this point during the last episode, which was Splash. But prior to this film, he was pretty much a character actor on every film that he was in. And with the exception of 1983's Going Berserk, which was full of SCTV alums, Summer Rental would be the first of his films that he was really a major star. So after Splash, he appeared in the very funny Brewster's Millions with Richard Pryor. Uh, also in 1985, before Summer Rental was even released. And also in 1985, he was in the movie Volunteers, again with Tom Hanks. All right, let's quickly get into the other cast, the co-stars. We have Karen Austin, who played John Candy's wife in the film. Carrie Green plays his daughter, and of course she was in Goonies and Lucas. You have Joey Lawrence in his film debut, plays his son. Of course, he went on to be on Blossom, the TV show. The aforementioned Richard Crenna, of course, was in Rambo as Colonel Troutman. And then Rip Torn and John Larroquette. It's a great cast. The director was Carl Reiner, and Reiner was just Hollywood royalty by 1985. He was he was part of the early 60s comedy duo with Mel Brooks, of course, those 2,000 year old man bits. He was part of the hugely successful Dick Van Dyke show, and he continued to appear in television and movies even today. And Reiner's directing career really started to take off in the late 1970s when he directed the 1977 comedy Oh God with George Burns. And then it was like he was Steve Martin's exclusive director as his next films were all Steve Martin films. He had The Jerk, Dead Man Don't Wear Plaid, The Man with Two Brains, and All of Me with Lily Tomlin. All right, let's get into the film. The opening is a typical weekday morning, and we just hear the Chester family talking. We don't actually see them, and you get a view of them outside the house. And the oldest daughter, Jennifer, that's Carrie Green, is asking her dad, Jack, John Candy, if he ever cut class as a kid. And, of course, he says he did, and then she asks if he can sign a form for her. At this point, Jack is just trying to get out of the house, but before he can drive to work, his wife, Sandy, and that's Karen Austin, chases after him, making sure he doesn't drink a cup of coffee he has in his hands. She instead wants him to drink tea because that's better for him. Jack's drive to work is just a mess. He's he's trying to eat a hard-boiled egg, which he fails miserably at, and he kind of eats it, but it's a crumpled mess. He then tries to eat another egg, but realizes it wasn't hard-boiled, and he cracks it all over the dashboard. All the while, he's trying to change the radio stations, but only gets these religious programs. And then he's also yelling at all the crazy drivers. You know, this is like a typical commute for folks like myself. The only difference was back then you didn't have people on their cell phones. So Jack finally gets to work, and a guy parks so close to him that he can't even open up his driver's side door. So he decides to climb out the window, which is funny, as you can imagine. As the review mentioned, Jack works as an air traffic controller, but he is totally burnt out after 13 years on the job, and it's really affecting his work, so much so that he almost causes a collision with two planes. Like the review said, he saw what he thought was a blip on the radar, but it was really a fly. (laughs) So his boss gives him a mandatory five-week paid vacation instead of firing him to see if the rest will do him some good. The family decides to go on a vacation at a resort in Florida, but they they live in Atlanta. And so there are three kids, two of which, again, became pretty well known. You have Carrie Green and Joy Lawrence. And then the youngest daughter, uh, I don't recall her name, but she just has to pee, of course, prior to leaving the driveway, because why not? So they get to Citrus Grove and the house they're staying out looks great, and it's literally on the beach. And Jack is one, of one is wearing those flip-down sunglasses that baseball players used to wear in the '80s, and but he has a kind of a tough time relaxing and winding down. And his neighbors are snobs, and he falls asleep on a beach chair, and of course he gets a painful sunburn. So that night, the family decides to go to a seafood restaurant that's really popular. And unfortunately, it's super crowded and everyone in the family starving. Jack, of course, has his eyes set on lobster. And they're about to be seated. And then some guy just cuts ahead of him and seats his five additional guests ahead of Jack's family. Of course, Jack is understandably pissed. But the guy, who is named Al Pellet, played by Richard Crenna, He's like a local celebrity, as he's a champion sailor, so he gets to sit wherever he wants. To make matters worse, he's also an arrogant prick. Again, all Jack cares about at this point is getting his lobster. And, of course, that doesn't go as planned. Why don't you look at yeah. the
1: menu? I don't want to see a menu. I know what we're having. We're having lobster. Bravo. Bravo. It's okay. I took care of everything. We're next. Thanks, sweetie. Nobody tells me I can't sit. Sit when I want to sit. We're next, sit next. No need for those now. What do you say? Let's all have the lobster. Show us what you got. And stand. No arguments. This dinner is on you.
2: <laughs> he thought he was going to say on me. Huh? <laughs> Wait. A minute. Maybe they're just taking
1: them for a walk. Hey, 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 hey! Ah, look at these beauties. Hey, 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 hey! Don't serve those. What, what are you doing? These are my lobsters. Your lobsters? Yeah. You got my table, but you're not getting my lobsters. Oh, and, and this is your table? My table. Oh, I see. This is your table, and these are your lobsters. You got it. I suppose this is your wife. Hmm? Is this your tie? Nope. Is this your shirt? Mm. Is this your belt? Are these your shorts? Tut, 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 tut. Hey, I have been driving all day long. We just get into town. I'm waiting out in line there for two hours. You, and you just got in into town? Yeah. Well, I've been in town for 30 years. 30 years. And every summer you goddamn renters come down here and you think you can take over the whole town? Well, you can't. Oh, huh? boil them. Wait a minute. Tom. Signore, now we will have a table ready for you in 20 minutes. Forget it. No. Come on. We're going to a good restaurant. Good idea. I'm hungry. I know, sweetheart. You don't want to eat where there's rats. And I just found some rats in the back. How disgusting. Whoa, a whole nest of rats right in the back. I apologize. The man was
0: obviously a Slav. So the family end up at a dive owned by kind of a pirate sort of guy named Scully, who's played by the always awesome Rip Torn. As always, Torn, he's a scene stealer. Every film he's in, and this is no different. He recommends Scully's Catch of the Day, which he makes sounds like it's prepared like a gourmet dish, when in reality, it's Aunt Franny's frozen fish fingers. So Jack, in the meantime, is just miserable with his sunburn, but things are going to get even worse as his family has been in the wrong house the entire time as they misread their address. So the real owners of the house arrive home and inform them, hilariously by the way, that they are in the wrong house. The Chesters have to leave in the middle of the night, but not before Jack accidentally spills a huge bag of dog food all over the downstairs floor. The real property that they rented is actually a rundown shack, and the next-door neighbor is in the middle of construction. Plus, their house is right in the middle of all the foot traffic on the beach uh, for people heading to the beach. And once they do go to the beach, Jack makes his presence known like only he can.
1: Fly! We got flies! They're following me all the way from Atlanta! Gotcha! Bananas, A little... I called the plumber. He might be here this afternoon. The landlord should pay for all repairs. I can't reach him. They say he's in intensive care. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Right, right. Whoa. What is this? What is this? I know, I know. Excuse me. Excuse me. Why are you people going through here? Yeah. Yeah, perfect. Come on through. I'm Joe Public. Welcome to my beach. Ooh. Ooh, boy. Ow. We should have brought shoes. Ow. Daddy, I can't walk anymore. My feet are Okay, just hop, honey. Just hop. All right, come on up in daddy's shoulders. Hot. Mm, there we go. There's my girl. Whoa, hold on. Ooh, Boy. Here we go. Just gotta find mommy now. Whoa, excuse me. Ow! Oh, geez, I'm sorry. Really? I didn't hey, hear. there was my oh, hand. Sorry about that. Really? Oh. Just saying. It's fine. Oh, oh, oh! Oh, 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 oh it's a die cooler. The thing broke off again. I'm, I'm waiting for a part from Minneapolis now. Huh? Okay. Holy can What's going on Your, your oh. foot lift up your foot. Oh. My, lands are my land, you're getting sand in my left. If there's any damage to it, tend to build a four fifteen beach lane. Alright? You're damn right I'll I don't think the I heard it at all though. Big hey, on. You big foes Hey, the bigger. What you That's my line. Oh. Hey, watch it, that's my hat! Say it chicken go. On, go. Hey. Sure! <laughs> Oh, sorry, sorry, girls, sorry. Just ice water, just ice water. Hey, how oh, are hey, sorry, boy, well, you should've have wa- have put a cover on Yeah, oh. look, don't you watch where you're walking? Hey. No, watch it! Uh, well, you uh, shouldn't be uh, cooking on the beach. We it's weaning? illegal, I think. Where's your mother? Sandy! Jack! Can you hear me calling you? I'm all over here. Uh, OK, sweetheart, get out. Oh, am I glad to be here. I'm glad you're here. Bobby wanted his craft blown up. You finish it? Uh, Yeah. I'm breathing out anyway. What the heck? Thank you.
0: So Jack is wearing a giant Chicago Blackhawks jersey the entire time at the at the Day of the Beach, and it's full of merry mix-ups, like him getting hit in the balls by <laughs> with a frisbee by his son. Then his son errantly tosses the frisbee next to a couple that's making out. Uh, Jack goes to retrieve the disc, and then the woman rolls over on Jack's hand while he's trying to grab the disc. Uh, So Jack and his son decide to play volleyball, which that's a disaster, too. Jack crashes into the net, knocking it over. (laughs) This, of course, embarrasses his son. So to make it up to him, Jack decides to take Bobby sailing. So because of the upcoming regatta race, all of the boats are rented, except for one, which, of course, is owned by the seafood shack guy, Scully. Jack and Bobby have a great time sailing until they run into Al Pellet again. Literally. (laughs)
1: Okay, son. Smaller craft always happen right away. I don't think this guy has the same rules. Turn right, Dad! Ah, How are you doing? My knee! My knee! Is it your bad one, Dad? Yes, 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 yes. You idiot! You idiot! You put a hole in my boat! Look at this! It's you. Again. You hit my boat. You hit my boat. You put a hole in my boat! Why didn't you give way? Are you telling me how to sail?
0: So now it's raining heavily, so while Jack stays home with his leg in an air cast, Sandy and the kids decide to go to a movie theater. And what's playing there at the time, you might ask? Well, you have Uncommon Valor, which was a Gene Hackman movie, Footloose, and Dragon Slayer. Sandy realizes she has no money on her, so a guy waiting in line with his son named Don Moore, uh, that's played by John Larket, he kindly pays for everyone. This reminds me of a story of my sister told on the very first episode when... I think my mom and I and my sister were staying in line, and my mom didn't have enough money, I think, for for food (laughs) or candy or whatever it was, and and someone helped us out. (laughs) I didn't remember that, but my sister did. Anyway, the son and Jennifer hit it off since they're both listening to music on their Walkmans. Remember those? And in the meantime, Jack gets locked out of the house when he lets the dog outside from the pouring rain. So Don's a really nice guy and invites everyone to water ski in his boat, but Jack is still recovering from his hurt leg, so he stays at home. And then Jack runs into a very friendly neighbor named Vicky, played by Lois Hamilton. And this is one of the most memorable scenes of of the movie, at least the one I always remembered, because Vicky invites Jack over for lemonade and Jack forgets to close his front door, so everyone on the beach decides it's open season to use the Chester's bathroom. And then Jack gets more than he bargained for with Vicky.
1: Sure. What do you think of these? Well, what do you think? About what? what are these. Ooh, those. Yeah. How do they look? Uh, similar? No, I mean, do they look good? I just got them. Who had it before you? <laughs> Nobody's silly! I just recently had them in large. Oh, I see. They cost two thousand bucks. It was either these or a chainsaw for Ed. Good choice. You think so? Oh, sure, I'd take those over a power tool any day. Do they look like real breasts to you? Why <laughs> you fooled me? You don't think they're too big? No, 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 no. Ah. Would that be Ed? Yeah, he's getting up from his nap. Ah. You'll excuse me. I'm a dead man.
2: Oh, wait. Husband's coming and I blow a leg. God ah, damn it, again?
1: Put your top on. I'm sorry, mister. I didn't see anything, I swear. It's our next-door neighbor. i was just written here, that's all. I'm sorry, mister, but she's boring the whole world with a new knock-in. Oh, be quiet, Ed. I just want his opinion. He's so insecure. Last night, she shoved them in a clutch space at Seven-Eleven. 7-Eleven. And relax, Well, you? They're beautiful. They look right and they feel right. Yeah. Mr. Will you try them and tell them they feel right? That's a favor to me. Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, huh? Oh, boy, those are so lifelike. It's ridiculous. Yeah, buddy. I mean, everybody likes them. Thanks, buddy. I owe you one. What are neighbor's for. I gotta go home now. I give up a power tool for those. Ah, well, Christmas is right around the corner. Yeah. Two thousand dollars for the set, huh? For both of Boy, that's a deal, I tell you. Those are fun for the whole family. I gotta tell my wife about it. you the doctor's number. All right.
0: Again. <laughs> so keep in mind, you never actually see any nudity, which is why it's rated PG. Anyway, Jack gets back to his place, and everyone is using his house like it's a restaurant or a hotel.
1: You. Out. Fuck off, buddy. I was here first. Get the hell out of here now. You get out of here, fella. I'm trying to watch the Smurfs. Uh, yeah? Yeah. You trying to watch the Smurfs? Yeah. Did you see the one where Papa Smurf took a crutch and smashed the shit out of a guy with a red hat? Did you see that one? You want to see that one? Uh. Archie, you stink. Traitor.
0: I always used to crack up at the line. I'm trying to watch the Smurfs. <laughs> when I was a kid, this was great. So Jack drowns his sorrows with Scully. You finally see Scully's hook hand, and they kind of play drunken darts. And, and why is darts ever, why was it ever considered a bar game? Yes, let's throw sharp objects after we've been drinking. Super intelligent. Anyway, Sc- and then Scully decides to take Jack sailing.
1: That's a fine shot. Okay, count them up. Go through this one. Ah, it's blue, that's you. All right, I win. Hey, big winner there, man! Ah, this is the life. Aye. There's nothing like the sea to pick up your spirits, put a song in your heart. Know what you mean? You must know a lot of ocean songs. I do. Here's the CDT my mother taught me. Love, exciting and new. Come aboard, we're expecting you. And love, life's sweetest reward. Let it flow, it, it flows flowed back, back to, to you. The love.
0: So now, Jack's best buddy is Scully, and Scully vows to make him an excellent sailor, which gives him purpose during his vacation. And this means sailing montages, because it's the 80s after all. So things are looking up for Jack until the owner of his rental house dies, and the new owner is now Al Pellet. Not surprisingly, Pellet is going to evict Jack's family, and they have four days to vacate the house. So Jack decides to fight back, and he challenges Pellet to a bet in which Jack competes with Pellet during the regatta. So the bet is if Jack wins the regatta, he gets the house two more weeks rent-free. If Jack loses, he pays the remaining balance and leaves immediately. Of course, Pellet accepts because he's won the regatta seven years in a row. So the only boat option that Jack has is Scully's boat. Unfortunately, it's run down, so it's time for another montage. And this time, it's the Fixer Upper montage. You gotta love the 80s. So since this is a feel-good comedy, you can sort of guess the outcome. No major surprises with this one. But, again, as I said, the ride is worth it because of John Candy. He was the best, and this is a quick movie that doesn't wear out its welcome. So I have one quick fun fact. The film was actually based on a summer holiday taken by Bernie Brillstein when he rented a house at the beach in Southern California. And so he was quoted as saying, I have five children and I weigh 240 pounds, said Brilstein. And being heavy in California is not a terrific thing. And being heavy on the beach is even worse. All right, it's great to have back one of our regular guests, and that is Eric Sinzak. He's going to talk about this kind of forgotten gem But uh, if you love John Candy and you love the 80s, I think this is a nice little one to watch on the weekend. I think you should enjoy it. And we'll be back next week to talk about yet another random movie in my DVD collection. All right, we're back with Eric Sintak. Welcome back, Eric. Hey, thanks, Brian. Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely. And, uh, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. I I'm glad I found someone that actually one remembers this movie and two likes this movie. Uh, <laughs> and that is a uh, summer rental with John Candy. And, uh, it's not that people dislike this one. I think it's more like it just kind of got forgotten a little bit. It's just like one of those cute comedies. How did you first see it? Uh,
2: I actually went to the theater, uh, with my parents to see this. I remember when we were kids, I think, um, my dad and my mom, we, we just sort of, we, I think one after Saturday afternoon, one of those Saturday afternoons, just just popping into a matinee to see it. I remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it was just a lot of fun. And it was, uh, and like you said, it's kind of a forgotten gem of the 80s uh, comedies. And, uh, but yeah, definitely, I think it's a definite high point in John Candy's career. Uh, I loved his, everything he did uh, around this time and I yeah John Candy just a to me is just a, a true uh gem of comedy and I think he you know he's sorely missed in the comedy world
0: Absolutely absolutely died way too way too young and one one notable thing about this movie this is his first starring role which is crazy
2: Oh yeah um you know that's the thing he I I think he was always sort of the sidekick to a lot of other stars but seeing him be the you know the leading guy and the leading man in this is just was so cool because seeing him as the father figure the lovable father figure in this really set this comedy apart i think because coming from second city you know Mm -hmm. he was always playing the laughable uh you know sort of second uh, character the side character that everybody sort of poked fun at and he was like oh it's it's this guy over to the side that everybody's sort of making fun at or he, he always played somebody that didn't really sort of fit the to the lead and and everybody just sort of never counted on that but right he, this this movie I think really changed the nature of his career like like you're saying I really love seeing that for him
0: absolutely because from there he pretty much he still did side characters and, and things like that but that yeah i mean eventually uh, of course uncle buck and planes trains and automobiles and things like that that really you know that was all him and even the other ones like you know who's harry crumb and uh, yeah. dangerous yeah those are all fun fun movies
2: <laughs> uncle buck and planes trains and automobiles certainly uh, you know those are two real good standout roles for him but uh, i always loved uh, also the great outdoors. That's another one. Oh there. yeah. I, yeah. Uh, th- there's a lot of stuff about this one that I particularly love. I lived in, uh, Georgia when I was a kid. So, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, the setting for this is him as an air traffic controller from Atlanta, taking a vacation, going down to the Gulf <laughs> to, uh, you know, get away from it all. It's like the stress of being an air traffic controller. Like, uh, <laughs> I got, I got to break free of my job. Yeah. And then that's what, we did the same thing, too, uh, when we were kids. We, we got in the car. I remember going down to the Gulf of Mexico for a vacation mm-hmm. uh, from Atlanta and going down there to, to the beach. So it was a very similar uh, tale to part of my childhood. It was a lot of fun. But also, I remember my dad being somewhat stressed out about his job and, and having mm-hmm. to get away. So it was uh, a little bit familiar territory for me.
0: Yeah, and you kind of called it, this is definitely like kind of a precursor to The Great Outdoors, because almost a similar thing happened, the only difference being, you know, they were with the couple, they were Dan Aykroyd.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Aykroyd and him played off each other so well in that film. Exactly. Um, Yeah, I mean, just the the great friction that built up between them in that movie was so fun. And uh, Aykroyd's character was perfect in that movie.
0: He was. And in this movie, the friction comes from Richard Crenna, who plays Al Pellet. And so, yeah, how did you feel about him? And then, of course, how did you feel about Rip Torn?
2: Oh, uh, wonderful, wonderful characters, wonderful writing for both of those characters. Uh, And Rip Torn just was it's just, uh, you know, a, a story just a character for him. That's just it's just it's a role that I. Is a little unexpected for Rip Torn, I think, and I I love that fact because you really fall in love with that character because, you know, it kind of comes out of left field, Mm -hmm. Uh, and and I I like that, Um, and playing uh, Scully, and um, he, you know, I think that's kind of cool how he's able to sort of swoop in and save their vacation a little bit, you know, that's kind of neat sort of doesn't want to do it, but he's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to make this all right. You know? And, and by, you know, he, he's like, all right, well, let's just go ahead and go put the barnacle back together and we're going we're <laughs> to get on the, this boat. You know, the barnacle, of course, yeah, it's that's
0: right. A fantastic,
2: fantastic name for a boat. And, <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to, you know, and then they turn it into a great, the, the end of it's just wonderful. I love oh. it when he's teaching how to sail, you yes. know, and they're drunk and they're sitting there, he throws up. And says, Must be the oyster crackers, right? You know, <laughs> <laughs> he pukes over the side of the boat. You know, so it's it's really cool. And he's kind of a new, neat little father figure to to him, right there. Also, yeah, Trying to get him out of his funk. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's almost like and, you know. Eventually, when he he did dodgeball, ripped torn. He he's he not as cantankerous in um, um, summer rental as he is in, oh, no. in dodgeball, but you can kind of see elements there. Yeah, he's not quite patches of hula hand. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but but he is uh
2: he is kind of gruff. He is kind of fun, but he is yeah. also yeah. he's lovable. So yeah, I did like that uh that aspect of it. And Richard Crenna, like you were saying, yeah, he you really love to hate Richard Crenna yes. in this role. Yes. And I I think that's really nice about it. And and just you know, he's he's just the perfect asshole in this movie. <laughs>
0: He is. He is. And it's almost it's totally different than his character in Rambo, you know, where he plays the, you oh, know, the, the commander.
2: Yeah. And I think that's a mark of a good actor, somebody who you can sell the character to the audience. If you can sell them to root for him or to hate him, yeah. then, you know, you've done your job. If you go home at the end of the day and look at it in the, and if the a- audience looks at it and say, well, you know, they hated my character. Well, they were supposed to. Then you yeah. did your job.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. So what are are some of your favorite scenes in here? Because it's funny because this movie is kind of uh, the plot's kind of loose. You know, it it is really like a, you know, a summer vacation. Uh, What scenes definitely stood out for you then and then rewatching it now?
2: (laughs) I love it when he comes back to the house. (laughs) He's when he's he winds up going over because the neighbor has her check out her breasts. That's right. Her
0: implants. Yeah.
2: Yeah, her implants. And then, of course, the husband wakes up and he thinks she's going to get killed, but he's like, ah, I quit. She's got her, got all of everybody looking at her boobs. Yeah. And then he's yeah. like, uh, so he's like, okay. But he gets back to the house and he discovers half the beach is living in his house. <laughs> so he's like, he goes ballistic and he starts, he screams, get out, get out. And he starts smashing everything in sight with his crutch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he gets back into the bedroom. And the one fat ass guy is laying there smoking cigarettes, and he's like, "Yeah, you get lost, buddy. I'm watching the Smurfs." Right? (laughs) You see the one with Papa Smurf where he smashes a guy with a red hat? He Yeah, that's that scene is just yeah. Uh, That's one of my favorites. That yeah, and of course the the regatta. Yeah, yeah, the the end of yeah. the end of it is is really great and then the fixing up the uh, boat it's just a tons of scenes that are just really enjoyable um yeah the whole thing is just uh it's fun the whole way through some of the you know some of the stuff with the i guess when the kids are just trying to distract him and go like do their own thing you know, like they're a little hokey but are uh, kind of kind of silly but for the most part, the whole movie is really enjoyable. I, I I love it the whole time.
0: Yeah. And speaking of the kids, they actually are two famous kid actors in Carrie green, who of course was in Lucas uh, and the Goonies and then Joey yeah. Lawrence, a really young Joey Lawrence.
2: And and they're just, just very early roles. Now did, did Carrie green do this
0: before she did Goonies? That's a good, good question. Let me quickly look at her IMDb page. It must've been around the same time. Um, it looks like Goonies was first, then Summer Rental, then Lucas. I mean, talk about a nice <laughs> three three movie run. Yeah, you could pretty much be done after just live on residuals for that. And, so. and ironically, like <laughs> that, pretty much was it for her. She was in you know a few uh, TV movies and some series, but uh, those three movies she's best known for, and those were pretty much what she did. That's uh,
2: well, it's not a bad short run, but uh, yeah. And she may have gone
0: to college or something like that too cuz that that happens a lot for uh, you know like Natalie Portman did that. Yeah.
2: Well. Yeah. But, and she she's a big brain and she got a bunch of you know she's
0: continuing on but uh, Actually the yeah, other but, one uh, the, the other one that did that was Jodie Foster. She was, she was a child actress then went to school and then went back. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know. This movie kind of reminds me of uh, One Crazy Summer too with John John Cusack and I don't know if it's the boat race or not but it you know that's that summer atmosphere, you know
2: yeah i i liked one crazy summer i liked it uh not as much as this um mm-hmm. but I did like it, and i thought it was i thought it was fun and i think and that's the one at the end where they blow up the building right it's, yeah uh, where they was, <laughs> the radio station. Where,
0: yeah cause he keeps trying yeah. to win the prize. yeah he keeps calling yeah into it. yeah yeah i i remember that bob's got gold in that right oh yeah, he's great, he's dressed up like Godzilla and yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, now I remember that. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. I, I think I watched that uh, just a few times, but it, it was a pretty funny movie. Yeah,
0: it's almost like the sequel because the same director to uh, better off dead, you know, because they very yeah. off the wall type type movie. Now, we'll eventually get to that one.
2: <laughs> that one, yeah, I mean, that's I, I can quote you that one from front to back, but
0: <laughs> oh man, uh, well, just, just the guys
2: uh, doing Howard Cosell, you know, oh yeah. And if, uh, if we do that episode, you have to give me $2.
0: Absolutely. I'll pay everyone $2. <laughs> Otherwise, you'll come to my house. Uh, I'll show up at your house. Yeah, That's right. But <laughs> well, that's a great one. All right. So you would definitely recommend this to someone. And uh, it's kind of a lost gem because they don't make movies like this uh, anymore at all. No.
2: And, and you know, it's funny. We were I was watching uh, Slippin' Channels the other night, and I was thinking uh, IFC ran it. Uh, a few weeks oh. ago. Yeah. And I was really happy about that. I was like, so they're still showing this. I'm really glad. And so it's out there and it's still uh, getting played. So I'm real happy about that. See it out there still on, on the screen.
0: Absolutely. Because so. John Candy should never be forgotten. You know, he's, he, he oh. was on. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you so much, Eric. I know you're going to be back on pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Hey, this is Brian Davis, and you might know me from the Damn Good Movie Memories podcast. And now, get ready for the Bad Beat Show on ThatMetalStation.com from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern every Wednesday night. I'm going to play some kick-ass hard rock inspired by the blues, because after all, the foundation of all things rock and metal is, of course, the blues. So join me every Wednesday night for the Bad Beat, because even when you lose, you still win.
1: There ain't nothing else like it. The one, the only the original Vieira Vault. On Podbean, Stitcher.com and iTunes. Spreaker. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs>